Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. Up, Foley fam. We are back with episode 155 of the Chick Foley Show. That music is hitting especially hard this week. Rumors are swirling that they might bring it back at War Games on Sunday for what could very well be Johnny Gargano's swan song in NXT. But it's definitely not our swan song for the podcast. We're just getting started, and we'll start this episode by introducing the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm doing good. You kind of bummed me out thinking that, that could be the last time we see Johnny Gargano, but you know, not surprising. You know, they're trying to usher in this new era of uh, NXT. So I'm going to try to enjoy our last uh, pay per view of 2021, our last WWE pay per view of uh, 2021 before we go into day one ish. You know, so uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good night. Yeah, for those watching on YouTube, Sheena's looking festive as fuck with the Christmas sweater and the tree in the background, so <laughs> we're ringing in the I'm season. bringing the drip, you know? Uh, Marco, how's life up in Massachusetts, man? Good, good. I'm just laughing at that hard F that you dropped. This is, this is a PG-friendly... I know, it's the top <laughs> of the show. <laughs> for the love of to, God, Swaggy, like, come on. Yeah, man, you have to turn this down. My, my, my son listens to this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm super excited as well for... Uh, for war games a Sunday, actually so excited that I actually uh, forgot that it was that was a Sunday. So yeah, mm. until they showed yeah. the uh, the commercial, I was like, yeah. "Holy crap, it is a Sunday!" So, yeah, well, yeah, well, ready, for me, I didn't forget. I knew it was coming, but I, like for some reason, I thought it was like next week. You know, I don't know. Yeah, like, just the build has kind of like been a little bit crazy, and I just feel like you know it doesn't feel like this was the go home show before. Yeah. War games, other than Braun Breaker saying, you know, war games. That was really the only <laughs> indication that we were, you know, on the on the road to war games. But uh, here we are. It's going to be in a few days, so we better get ready. Hell yeah. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. You can join our Foley fam over on Patreon. And in our Facebook community at ChickFoleyShow.com, um, we just posted our 1994 Royal Rumble watch along. It was a lot of fun. That's one of the better Rumbles that we've watched so far. And um, yeah, so super excited. If you're not in there, make sure you get in there and check that out. Uh, Marco, tell us what's new with the Pod Foundation this week. Um, obviously, we know that, you know, Turnbuckle Tavern has like a million shows. So they run all week long. Definitely catch yeah. them. Uh, the one I'm most excited about actually is uh, Turbuckle Sessions this week. Uh, they actually interview Young Anthony mm-hmm. um, from the uh, Titan Tron podcast. And I actually had the pleasure of uh, uh, co-starring the Raw Down with him uh, one night because uh, Tom couldn't make it, the OG Fig Kid. I kind of tapped out. You guys probably seen in the uh, group chat yeah. uh, at <laughs> that time. So, yeah, so it was me and him and we – basically talk wrestling and you know, he is young Anthony because he's not even old enough to drink. So they, they try to figure out how he actually got into the, uh, into the tavern. But uh, I think it's pretty cool. Cause he, he they pretty not much taking over. IDs over at the tavern. We're, I guess I guess not, not, try, not trying to get him reported. Marco, they're going you know I mean? to oh. get shut down. They're going to lose their license. Sorry. He is of age. Sorry. But uh, <laughs> they, they actually, one of the cool things is because obviously so young, they like, they talk about how he like, you know, became a fan of wrestling in the two thousands. And how yeah. he see like 
and how he sees a business as it is. You're now, like, so. how did that happen? What, yeah. what did you see in the in the uh, <laughs> 2000s, the mid 2000s, that really just brought you into the fold, bro? <laughs> I know exactly, right? Um, but another cool show, obviously, extra cooler. No pun intended. Um, they actually, if you guys listen to it this week, they actually talk about uh, one of the very musical uh, things that happened with the WWF at the time when they used to drop CDs left and right, and you get to find out how much. Uh, how much Nick paid for the, uh, I think it was the WWF music, the music volumes. Wow. I think what was it volume. Uh, let me check. They got up there. WWF say. the music. Volume yeah. two. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, the first one was full metal. And then, yeah, they just kept yeah. going. I think they ended up getting up to like yep. eight volumes. Yeah. And actually, uh, he, they got the idea from, uh, from the wrestling classic. Uh, they kind of seen a post from him and they, you know, you know, deep dove into what, you know, theme songs got them pumped off yeah. of that, uh, of that album. So yeah, definitely check out those two uh, episodes and everything else, obviously with the pod foundation. I mean, yeah, those are the highlights for this week yeah. though. Hell yeah. Sheena, you ready to give away some figures? Let's do it. All right. So we are giving away the Jack's Pacific camo carnage, China. It's going to one of our lucky Patreon winners. I'll hit the drums and Sheena will announce the winner. Trav Walt is the winner. So, Trav, make sure you hit us up um, in the DMs, and then, uh, yeah, we'll get that sent out to you. So, congrats, dude. Hell, yeah. It's uh, kind of funny. I won't give out his actual email address, but he does got degenerate in his uh, email address. So I thought it was a little bit fitting that uh, he came away with the the China figure this week. Nice. So, thanks again to all of the Foley fan members for supporting. And we want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all of your orders at ringside collectibles. Let's get into the story of the week. All right. So war games 2.0, it's going down this weekend. The first NXT special on the new NXT 2.0 regime. Uh, Marco, how are you feeling about the overall direction of NXT 2.0 so far? Hmm. Let's see. Um, so, so kind of getting used to it, the layout and stuff like that, you know, obviously it's, it's been like a few months already that it's been, that's been in existence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just because there's so many new, so much new talent there. Um, and pretty much every week you're seeing like a new vignette of, of someone that's going to debut at some point, which, which isn't bad, but it kind of like brings me back to, I was actually watching um, the Ruthless Aggression because uh, the season two's out. Um, in the last episode, they talk about OVW, you know, and how like, you know, it was pretty much all new guys like, you know, Batista, John Cena, Randy Orton, all those guys. So like, um, I kind of look at like NXT 2.0 kind of like that. Like, you know, these, it's a new crop of stars, but you know, they're all, they're all going to have the potential at some point to become superstars on the main roster. So I don't get like too like discouraged by that, but I think it's, it's just more or less like learning about new, new individuals every single week. They do have their, you know, the NXT 2.0 um, guys and gals that are already on there, but then like, you know, obviously there's always these vignettes that are popping up with new people that are going to show up. So I mean, and another thing is a roster doesn't seem like it's as deep um, as it was before. Um, so that kind of like that kind of kind of takes me out of it a little bit. But you know, I think it, think it, them having a smaller roster actually helps out a little bit because you get to know the people that are on there now, um, and then like the people that are that are going to come in eventually. So I mean, as of right now, I'll, get, I'll give them a let's see, like a a, a B minus, we'll say. Okay. As far as the uh, that's a pretty high goes. score. <laughs> it. Uh... I was going to say I, C, but 
this Sunday will be the first time I'm really getting to dive in with the new direction. I started a new work schedule right around the time the NXT 2.0 started. So I've been working nights every Tuesday pretty much since this thing um, rolled out. So I haven't had a chance to watch a lot of it. I've been I've been catching up and keeping up with what's going on, but I haven't been able to tune in as as close as I'd like. You know, Braun Breaker obviously caught my eye as the real blue chipper down there right now, but it's been so many people... Uh, debuting that it's, it's kind of hard to keep up so i'm looking forward to really sitting down and seeing what some of these new guys have uh having the tank on sunday um it kind of reminds me of almost like fcw like the pre-nxt days where it is it's much more of a develop, developmental feel it feels smaller in a way um you know obviously this this next pay-per-view is going to be down at the at the performance center it's not going to be in, in a big arena the week of a big show um, yeah. So it, it feels almost like a throwback to FCW, which if that ends up leading into the OG days of NXT, I'll be good with it because I'm, I'm still bummed that, you know, the NXT of 2014 and 2015 is no more because that was some of my yeah. favorite wrestling ever. Um, You're right, Marco. You need some Sudafed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one other he's thing sad. to note. He's sniffling. He's, he, he can see the tear running down his eye. You know, he's, uh, he's a little sad. The... Uh, the actual takeover line is now gone. You know, it's just war games. We'd heard that rumor that takeovers weren't, weren't going to be anymore. They were just going to name whatever the show is. And that appears That's to have sad. come to fruition as this one's just war games. Uh, Sheena, kind of what's, what's your take on, uh, on takeover being gone? Uh, it's a bummer. You know, I mean, again, all good things must come to an end. And I definitely think they're just really trying to erase all traces of uh, the former NXT, not a race, I guess, but just kind of move on from them, um, I guess is what I should say. And uh, taking the takeover uh, moniker with them would really kind of be dragging. Cause then you're going to, you know, then, then you really put yourself in a position to compare to some of the greatest wrestling matches that we've seen in WWE. Cause it'll be like, Oh, what's your favorite takeover match, you know? And then it's like, we have this just like laundry list of amazing takeover matches. Well, now we're kind of moving into a new era where I feel like it's going to be a while before we have those like five star classics that we've gotten with several takeovers in the past. So I think they're kind of wanting wanting to remove themselves from that so that, um, you know, they can kind of rebuild. Uh, what was it? A redesign, rebuild, reclaim um, uh, their own. Their I haven't own even brand, thought about so. that with the, with the new kind of target for what NXT is going to be just to avoid the comparison. So that, that's yeah. actually a really good yeah. take. I hadn't even considered that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you kind of mentioned it, Sheen. What is your all-time favorite takeover match? Excuse me, I just took a sip of my sip of my brew. Um, well, I mean, there's obviously like the Bailey and Sasha match, and you know, I love the Andrade. There you go, Sheena. Uh, She's going to name off like the top five or six. Well, no, so it's just repetitive just, when the rest of us get on here. We've talked about, no, I'm not trying to do that. That is my, that is my gimmick. But we've what talked about those matches match? so many times on the show that I feel like I was going to try to pick something a little bit different because those were my two okay. obvious ones. Um, so now but, uh, me and Marco pick those ones. We're going to be, we're going to sell Yeah, like you, a, need to th- you need to dig a little deeper. I, well, you can go ahead. You can talk about Philly. I know you love, yeah, I know you love that, that match. What's your but, favorite uh, takeover match? <laughs> Gargano, uh, I was gonna say Gargano versus Champa, the unsanctioned match uh, in New York, Takeover New York. I think it was like the first time they really got to dig their teeth into each other after that like long waiting period where it was just this like building and building and building and waiting, you know, because the turn happened and then it was just like this long period where they were apart. And when they finally came together, it was just they met so many times after I think that. It was New Orleans, was it, was it New York or was it New Orleans New York, when they had the unsanctioned match? Okay, yeah. Um, and, uh, I just feel like 
that was one of the I think that might have been their best their best match and they had some bangers but I feel like that may have been their best one that they uh that they had of their series so yeah it kicked off the it kicked off this just epic feud in NXT um and uh yeah that's probably the one I'm gonna go with sorry sorry to like you know steal all you guys thunder off the off the jump you know <laughs> it's all good Marco what about you man what's your all-time favorite I don't know if I can answer now because you know all the, all the oh come all the on bro are. there's like there's like fifty good there's fifty amazing takeover matches and we we've t- we briefly tapped on three of them so you know yeah uh, no one of one of my favorites um, obviously the uh, I'm not sure if he's this guy's still canceled or anything like that but I always go back to uh, Alistair Black uh, or Malachi Black if you guys are uh, watching AEW and uh, Velveteen Dream uh, yeah that matches. That match was amazing. The whole storyline with, uh, you know, him trying to be uh, Velveteen trying to make uh, um, Malachi Black or Alistair Black say his name, and he would never say his name until you know, spoiler alert, uh, the end of the match when it, uh, he sits in a you know um, crisscross applesauce and uh, and says uh, Velveteen. He actually says his has, says his name. So yeah, yeah that, that's one of my go to matches there. That was uh, that was Takeover Houston in. Uh, yeah. 2018 right i think it was i think that was a war game show it was in uh houston though so you know, in case anybody's yeah. going back to try to find these matches on uh on peacock um for me there's so many to pick from yeah sheena kind of touched on it the johnny gargano versus andrade match from takeover philadelphia i think that was the best takeover also that also featured um alistair black and adam cole in their extreme rules match and I, I just think that's one of the besides Roman and Brock at WrestleMania 31. I think Gargano and Andrade at Takeover Philadelphia is the second best match of the WWE modern era from like you know 2014 on huh. up. I just I love that match. It had so many twists and turns, and then it ended with the angle with um, Ciampa coming back and, and turning heel on uh, Gargano to set up their match at WrestleMania weekend that year. So. Yes. Hell of a match, and uh, it's one of my all-time favorites. That, that's what makes me say that Andrade should be a future AEW champion. You know, now that he's uh, now that he's looks to be f- through with his feud with Cody finally. But we'll talk about that a little bit. So later on, real quick, um, I have to do a little uh, SGG action on myself. Um, after I said New York and you said New Orleans, I was like, well, maybe it was New Orleans. So I had to like pull up the Google machine, and apparently it was new orleans so uh totally understandable because at the next takeover brooklyn in august they had a last man standing match that was very similar um to the unsanctioned match it was basically like the sequel to that when they called back a lot of spots like i I wasn't really for sure either i couldn't remember which one was last man standing which one was unsanctioned because those guys had so many just straight up bar room brawls where they went all over the arena yeah i mean another another good match too was the uh adam cole and johnny gargano as well Mm, um, mm-hmm. where uh, Gargano was, finally got the belt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's great. not called, he's not called Johnny uh takeover for, for nothing. You know, oh, yeah, no. he's, yeah. Uh, the match he's that the Gargano won where legend. he became, uh, where he became champ was awesome. And then the one where Cole beat him at the very next takeover to, to get the belt. That one was good too. That's the one where yeah. Cole caused the distraction. Cause he act like he was signaling for undisputed era to come back and Gargano yeah. got caught off guard for a sec. Like, yeah, I thought that was cool. Cause for so long, Every Adam Cole match, it was like a classic Ric Flair match with the Horsemen. You were kind of just sitting around waiting for the interference to happen before you really knew things were going to kick into to high gear. Um, it's definitely a turning point in NXT right now. If yeah. you follow the ratings for whatever that's worth nowadays, they have been down. Um, the at, at least as far as the television ratings goes, the new direction has not been a success. Uh, kind of big picture, Marco. What, what do you think about the future of NXT right now, man? Uh, is it still going to be viable one year, two year, three years down the road? 
Oh man, it's uh, it's tough to say. I mean, it, the only thing I can think of is that you know they're not taking. I don't want to say they're not taking it seriously, but they're not. You know, they're not like. I don't think they're really looking at like ratings and stuff for NXT 2.0 to be like that. You know, you know, like to you know, like a ratings like killer essentially. It's gonna you know, there's all new people on it. Um, there's there's some people you know, some people you don't. Like, oh, pretty much all the major stars are gone. Obviously, with yeah. you know Adam Cole being um, gone over to AEW. Um, it, I don't. I think it will still be around. Um, and like and like you mentioned before, it's gonna be dev- developmental. Um, I don't think you know. I think they remove like the if they remove that WWE banner from it, they don't have to worry about obviously like on the business side, the investors and the advertisers and all that stuff. And, it is what it is. It depends on how they, you know, pitch NXT 2.0, which is kind of like a newer version of NXT. Right. Um, so I don't see it being gone. I, I still see it, see it being seen as a developmental. It might be taken off of, you know, USA at some point. I was going to say, I don't see it being, I don't see it being televised here. In, network yeah. exclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it'll, it'll probably end up like that and then end up on like Hulu, like uh, NXT was like in the beginning, beginning days when it wasn't on national TV or cable TV. Um, but I don't think it will go away. I think it will just be, you know, solely, solely but quietly removed from, you know, cable television. I think uh, I think a way they could rejuvenate it, it could, they could kill two birds with one stone. We've mentioned this before, talking like incorporate it into the draft, you know, like when the draft happens, use it like an actual professional sports draft. Like instead of pick it, just having the people swap shows or whatever, like have somebody go in like, you know, SmackDown's got the number one pick this year because let's say they won Survivor Series. Here you go. We'll kill three birds with one stone. All right. They won Survivor Series. So they get the first pick in the draft and they're taking Braun Breaker. And he doesn't got to get caught up right away, but just like anytime yeah. he's coming out on NXT, have a little graphic there, you know, say, hey, you know, in a future SmackDown prospect, you know, and that would give that would give some credibility to the guys down in NXT. And it would also um be a hook for people that may just watch the main roster. You know, if they find out, Oh crap, the dude that's the NXT champ right now is going to be coming to SmackDown soon. Like I know he's coming up to SmackDown. Let me start yeah. watching him so I can figure out who this guy is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I'm uh, with Sheena though. I got a lot of doubts about how much longer it's on USA. I don't know how many years yeah. the, the contract was for, but yeah. it seems like it's, it's not doing great. You know, it already had to switch, uh, switch nights because AEW was just taking it to the woodshed each week. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think I also think since like, Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are, you know, the guys pretty much running NXT 2.0 now and not Triple H. I think they'll you'll actually see that that NXT bleed into the main roster. Like you'll actually hear Michael Cole and all the announcers actually talk about NXT if they do bring right their their someone. accomplishments in NXT will actually yeah, final, it, finally be brought to the main roster because they were developed by uh, Vince. I can by totally Vince McMahon, yeah. So like obviously you know Triple H. Um, is it around anymore? And I think they kind of like, you know, getting rid of takeover kind of like, you know, it was kind of getting rid of whatever triple H built in that sense. So if you take that away, it's just like a, a Vince McMahon product, essentially. Now, like, I think you'll, you'll, you'll hear more of NXT 2.0 on the main roster. Like if, like you said, if Braun Breaker does show up at, um, yeah. at Royal Rumble, like, Oh my God, they're not going to, they're not going, they're, they're keeping the Braun Breaker gimmick. They're not just going to start calling him Braun or Breaker. Yeah. On the uh, main yeah, roster, yeah. they're not going to totally yeah. strip him of his, you know, gimmick and his <laughs> ring gear and everything. They're going to, yeah. they're going to bring BB. him up as a completed, yeah, as a completed, a completed uh, package. thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. I could see that since he's already like in their vision or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's get to some picks. Uh, Sheena, I'll let you go first. Who is going to win the men's war game match? Uh, team Black and Gold or Team 2.0? So, I mean, my heart, my my black heart is telling me that like wow. team, black, team Black and Gold would just wipe the floor with these freaking jabrones. You know what I mean? Like these are the new guys in town. These guys are seasoned veterans. I mean, LA Knight, you know, he like one of these things is not like the other. You know what I mean? Like we we've seen just like the five-star <laughs> classics from Pete Dunn and Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, but you know, LA Knight, whatever, he's in there. But uh I feel like, you know, from what we know of what's going on and the direction that they're headed with NXT 2.0 that they're gonna let these these noobs get in there and freaking get get the win over these guys. So, unfortunately, against my against my black heart, I am I'm going to pick team 2.0. I'm I'm rooting for team black and gold, but I just have this gut feeling that they're going to let 2.0 win this one or 2.0 is going to win this one, I should say. Yeah, I feel like it's it's definitely built to that. Um I don't see any way that the uh the old timers if you will come away with the victory in this one, uh, Marco, mm-hmm. what about for the ladies? Is it going to be uh, toxic attraction or team uh, EO and Raquel? They don't really got a catchy name on their oh, side. Man. Um, again, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to go kind of to the new blood on this. I think, uh, I think toxic attraction is going to, is going to take it. I mean, obviously it's not just toxic attraction. It's uh, I think uh, Dakota Kai is as well. Yeah. in this too. So, and uh, is it Kaylee Ray? Yeah. Kaylee Ray's on the babyface team. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Kaylee Ray's yeah. on the babyface. Yeah. It's so, the most slapped yeah, together go team. Yeah. It is the most slapped together. And yeah. I, you know, I think this is going to be bad. I think this is bad news for Toxic Attraction. Even if they win, I think this is going to expose them because they have no business being in a match of this magnitude. Like they, like say what you will. Mandy Rose has improved. You know, like all that. But sh- like, I feel like Mandy Rose the- can do no wrong. I say. Push her to the top, man. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Um, but, <laughs> what do you think, Marco? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean the the other definitely the other two because um, they've you know they they they've been in the independence um, the other the other two in Toxic Attraction so they they definitely can be in the they could definitely do this match. Um, I think I think you're more you know, pushing towards Mandy Rose who does, she she seems like she doesn't fit in in this type of a. Uh, in this match at all. If you look at the, like the, the ladies that are in it, the history, she, the history of the ladies. Mandy and then you Rose got, you got gold, people man. that have so much experience like Raquel Gonzalez. You yeah, got, EO, you got Kaylee yeah. Ray, Cora Jade's yeah. kind of, you know, she's kind of like the, the LA Knight of the bunch, you know, yeah, but uh, yeah. it's a, uh, you know, you still got these three hard hitters and then you got this one outlier. And I just, if, if, if it was, if it was real, you know, and uh, you know, breaking kayfabe real quick, if the, if things weren't predetermined, there's no way that Raquel EO and uh, Kaylee Ray would not just wipe the absolute oh, yeah. floor of with course. freaking toxic attraction plus Dakota Kai and no shade mm-hmm. to Dakota Kai because Dakota Kai can work. Right. Mm-hmm. But she's, she's stuck with the freaking, you know, the IG models. So I just, it's, it's not for me. Shame <laughs> on you. Mandy Rose is your NXT women's champion. Hey, She's, She's had insane. awesome storylines with my Otis. Team. She was rose gold <laughs> with gold dust in the uh, the mixed match challenge. Yeah, exactly. all hail Mandy and, that, rose. and you you just made my point for me. She was in a, she was in great storylines with Otis. She was rose gold. She was a freaking. She had a little stint for a little while with Eva Marie, where it was like uh, you know uh, red and gold or whatever it was called. Like that was little, the thing. Uh, I don't even remember that. That was way back in the day. That was yeah. okay. that was way, well, she, way that was on Eva Marie's first 
run. You know what I mean? I mean, they, they she had that pretty the the good ma- the match with um, Sonya Deville that like, ma- like yeah the, the hair match versus, it was going to be a Deville. hair versus hair match or something like that, but then they scrapped yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it became like it was like basically Sonya Deville's last match. That was I'm actually a really good match. There's a, there's a place like Mandy Rose has her place. She's definitely she definitely fits the mold of like the in it or the uh, the WWE typical like women's wrestler. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah, the you're divas uh, there vintage. is back, baby. The Divas era. That's yeah. That's what I was going for. The what Divas was her era. And Sonya? Oh yeah, Fire and Desire. Yeah, that was her and Sonya's. Yeah, team. Fire and Desire. Yeah. Yeah, you never even got to see <laughs> Sonya. You just saw this little like fuzzy blob over in the corner, like punching things. Mandy. You know, like yet yeah, all the uh, all the focus was on Mandy Rose because <laughs> she had that weird entrance where it was just like focal point, and then poor Sonya Deville was over there, like you know, looking like a freaking um, interrogation video where they were trying to block her out. Let's uh, let's have a drink to Mandy Rose. Man. Sheena, what are you sipping on this week? Okay, so I know um, my buddy Matt over at the Extra Cooler Show, I'm probably going to let him down because I literally just grabbed the first thing that I saw in the beer cooler as we were setting up. Um, it's really good, though. You know, I wish I had some, like, really amazing explanation for what it is, but it's called Sycamore, or it's by Sycamore, and uh, it's called Tangy Land IPA. It's really good. It's got a really pretty can. It's like, if you guys can see on the, the camera, it's not really coming through, but it's like this, like, pastel pink and got, like... Yeah, I got these little um, asteroid hops, you know, and little solar hops all everywhere. Like everything is kind of like, you know, space themed. But um, I don't really see a description on the on the can, but it's freaking delicious. It's it's a citrusy IPA. Oh, yeah. The okay, the dank side of the moon, the stars are hops, cones and the sun as a dazzling ruby grapefruit meteors of glowing citrus rain down orange aliens bask. Okay, this is getting way too way too um spacey for me but yeah lots of citrus yeah i decided to uh keep it hardcore this week i'm drinking out of my currently one of one foley fam uh steel tumbler so i'm still kind of on the fence i'm gonna see i'm gonna see how the drinks go down in this tonight and we may make this available to purchase but uh i'm drinking a seven up and uh basil hayden a, a double shot so a little bourbon tonight to uh help kick off the weekend marco what are you oh, drinking man. Going, going hard tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, picked up a new beer. And actually, when I picked up this new beer, uh, there's a lot of, uh, obviously, I mean, in New England, there's tons of different breweries. And now all these local breweries are starting to put out these Christmas-themed uh, IPAs and stuff like that. And I actually picked up one. And it's, I think it's like, oh, I think it's almost like 12% alcohol, uh, oh this beer. God. So I can't I can't wait to try it out. Well, when, when, it's, when you get more towards Christmas, I'll bring it out, but... I picked this one up because of the can, first and foremost, the artwork. If you are a 90s person. I can't see it. There's a glare. Like a Norm MacDonald, Dirty Work. Yeah. So you ever see uh, Dirty Work? You ever <laughs> yeah. see that movie? So the beer is actually called Dirty Work. Um, and it's by uh, Odd Nature Brewing. Uh, okay. It's it's a dry hopped lager. It's, only, mm. uh, it's about 6% alcohol. But I actually, the, the can alone... And R.I.P. Obviously, Norm Macdonald <laughs> passed away. Um, yeah, this I, I had to pick up. Dirty Work was one of my favorite movies, uh, comedies of pretty much of all time. It's one of the funniest movies. If you've never seen it, definitely go and find it. I'm not sure where you can find it now because 
I'm not sure if it's on any streaming services, but yeah, no, from, it's pretty tasty. I'll tell you that much, but yeah. that's uh, that's I've, from Massachusetts. Uh, it's Maine. Okay, yeah, it was like Maine Same is thing. like riddled with breweries. All right, let's get into <laughs> let's get into the. Uh, <laughs> I call Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire. That's all just like one big blob to me, man. Up in the uh, <laughs> yeah, the I know it's like just the Northeast. I mean, those, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't say that verbiage around those around those these bougie parts. northeastern states. <laughs> all right, let's get into the uh, the Royal Rumble. Sheena, you're going to start it off. Cody going through the flaming table last night, and somehow pinning Andrade, even though Cody's the one that went through the fire. Was it? Botchamania, or was it? This is awesome. I mean, obviously, anytime you see a bunch of flames in the middle of the ring, your immediate thought is like, "Whoa, this is awesome!" But when the person on the other end of the flames is Brandy Rhodes, it kind of makes it more of a botchamania. Like she took like <laughs> way too long to put the the fuel on the table. She was spraying way too much fuel. It just, I don't know. It was it was botchamania. Then. Cody goes through the table, right? He's the one that goes through the flaming table, somehow still has the wherewithal to pin Andrade. Like, what was the point of setting the table on fire if you were going to go through it, you know? Like, made zero sense to me. Um, it was a botch for me. Mm. Can't disrespect the hardcore legend Cody Rhodes I like that. We're t- I That'd talked to the two bad chads last night on our uh, Pod Foundation group chat. And I said, you know, AEW's got to hire a stunt coordinator. They do everything else excellent. The high spots, they always find a way to botch him. Whether it's Jericho taking the twenty foot fall through the cardboard, um, you know, obviously the disaster with the exploding barbed wire <laughs> death match, and then uh, this latest one, yeah, like I don't know, I, I don't know what the deal was, but yeah, it definitely looked awkward. And like you said, the the visual was really cool, so it kind of just took away from it. But yeah, it's Cody. It happened on Cody Island, so it doesn't really affect. He knew. Else that's going I mean, the on, thing is, so. is he knew he was going to go through this like flaming table because he had this like fuel or this flame retardant like like painted all over his back, you know. And I'm like, well, did Andrade have the flame retardant? Because wouldn't that make more sense if you were trying to put Andrade through the table that he would have the you know the flame grease or whatever it was I like, mean, or you'd yeah. be the one that's going to lose the match, you know, if you're the one that's going through the fire. So like, I don't know. Yeah. It was, after seeing what Bray Wyatt did in that uh, the Inferno match, like yeah, this, this, anything else is going to pale in a comparison for a while. You wanted so. you wanted Cody to just like drop a match on a fuel engulfed on drop. <laughs> I yeah, mean, did you see? Then, did you see yeah. the? Uh, did you see his back? That, that whatever that flame retardant stuff did not work. Did like, not do well, I mean, let's yeah. melted let's be, on his back. Let's be real. I mean, anytime you're just going to like you know paint chemicals on your back and then fall through a fire, I mean, it's yeah, probably it's a, not going to end well. I mean, Andrade was the one in a shirt for most of the match. They could have just had him in some special flame retardant shirt, and he could have took the just like Randy. Remember Randy Orton when they were doing the flame match? Like he was yeah, wearing he like that, like long sleeved, yeah. like uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, shirt. like I said, yeah, so. he's a, he's All a right. hardcore legend now, so. You can't you can't talk no. bad about Cody. I'm wow. sure the ringside, collectible, the, the ringside collectibles exclusive is already in work. Blood and guts. Yeah, blood and guts. Cody. Well, this is going to be the fire and flames, Cody. So <laughs> yeah, it's La Flama Roads. Yeah, yeah, ringside exclusive. Flama Roads is coming. Yeah, you go Chick Fil A to save ten percent on that one. All right, uh, Marco, you're up next. Daniel Bryan versus Adam Page has been officially announced for AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming. From one to ten, what are Daniel Bryan's uh, chances of taking the belt on Hangman's first defense? Man, I mean, I think his his chances are really great. I mean, I don't think they're not bad at all. Um, especially, you know, the way he, I mean, the only thing that can really hinder him is the amount of matches he's been 
putting on every single week. Like he literally wrestles every week, so his body has to you know has some wear to it. So maybe that's that's going to give uh, Hangman the the advantage in that sense because he he hasn't wrestled as much. Just like Daniel Bryan said, he's not a defending champion. He sits on commentary. He's hanging out. He's drinking beer. He's not he's not defending his title. So that's that's yeah. what's going to save his title uh, <laughs> when they do when they do battle. So what was it? What was the number you put on it? What do you mean? One, one to, to ten. ten. Oh, one to ten. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna one give to ten. Is Daniel Bryan taking it. T- uh, not. A, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give him a seven and a half. Okay. We'll go. We'll go with strong, that. Wow, strong odds for uh, for Marco. Strong All odds. right, Sheena. And you know me, I love Daniel Bryan. You're up next. Day, WWE is debuting their day one pay per view this uh, this year coming up on New Year's Day. Um, this is a concept that New Japan's used for a while. They always have their New Year's Dash, not necessarily on New Year's Day, but right there in the first yeah. week of the year to kind of set the table for the new shows. What do you think of WWE bringing this concept to the states? Um, I think it's cool. I think, well, it's going to be cool this year because it's going to be actually on New Year's Day, right? It's going to be on that Saturday. Um, but I was thinking it would only be able to be called day one for the next two years because it would be on Saturday and then it would be on Sunday, right? So then the following year, like they're not going to have a pay-per-view on a Monday. Um, but uh, I just feel like if you can't have it on the first day of the month, you can't call it day one. So I think it's kind of a limited concept in my eyes because it's not day one. Well, the thing is, I mean, New Year's Day is always a, f- a federal holiday, so you could have it just in the middle of the week. You don't have to have the pay-per-view yeah. on uh, on Saturday or Sunday. We've seen that with the Saudi shows. So you could still true. do a pay-per-view on New Year's Day every year. Um, well, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I'm a fan. I, I like it. Instead, I, I like it, especially because we're not getting a December pay-per-view from WWE. So instead of just having a meaningless throwaway show that goes down the week before Christmas, now we got something to really kind of... This could be the show to set the table for the Rumble and really be like the official kickoff of a uh, mania season. So I'm down. I like it. And I'm excited to see uh, where they go it's, from that. Hopefully we see Seth Rollins take, take back the, uh, the WWE championship. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to happen now with, with KO being in the mix there. KO's it's, there to take, I think KO's there to take the fall, man. And then Big E can go back in so? face mode. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I'm not even sure what's going to happen. Cause uh, actually that day is my, uh, our wedding anniversary on mm-hmm. January 1st. So, I mean, I'm gonna have to skip dinner and watch some, uh, watch some day one. Sorry, I'm sure. I'm sure the wife will be thrilled. <laughs> or watch it while we're at dinner. So that maybe that that'll work out. Dinner, dinner. I don't know what I was one. thinking. You were gonna say watch it while you were, and I was like in my mind, I was immediately like, mm. no, watch <laughs> it, watch, watch it during dinner and uh, dinner and day one. That's what that's what we're gonna have. That, uh, that day, so, yeah. Sounds like a sounds like a nice anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is Thursday, December second, as we're recording this. This is the official one year anniversary of Sting debuting in AEW. Marco, how would you rate Sting's first year in All Elite Wrestling? Um, man, I, I would rate it pretty high. I'll give, I'll definitely give it a maybe like a nine and a half, maybe ten. Mainly because you know, obviously he's older. He's an he's an older man now. He you know can't go too crazy. But the amount of action that he has been you know doing throughout the year, it's, it's been pretty exciting. Every time he stepped into the ring, and you know there were some scary scary bumps that he took. Um, yeah. From, uh, from the from the younger guys, but I think I think it's been really awesome just seeing him and like the way he's been pacing himself. And I kind of wish you know Undertaker when he was around actually had that kind of like pacing instead of doing like you know these crazy high spot matches he maybe just showed up you know did kind of like that maybe like took someone under his wing kind of like sing did and 
you know, kind of like pace himself out that way. Yeah, Maybe they, uh, we would have him a little bit, you know, longer, but. They kind of teased him, him and Alistair Black, like forming a relationship like that, but it just, it never really went anywhere. Um, that one pay-per-view, I think it was Extreme Rules 2019 when him and Roman teamed up, like that was fun. So yeah, I think yeah. this is definitely a good model. What for was it called? Like the Grave Dogs or something? A little bit in the tank. The, uh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the graveyard dogs. I think was yeah, the, the name. Gra- yeah, yeah, I think it was like graveyard that. dogs. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think Sting's been used perfectly at the the show we went to um, a couple weeks back. He was definitely one of the most over people of the night. So, yeah, he still got it with the fans. And uh, yeah, it's still always got a lot cool being Sting. Sting. And I don't think he's trying to do too much. I think that's what's been so cool about Sting. Like he kind of knows his place in the in the totem pole you know what i mean like he knows he's got that legacy pool and the the or yeah. i guess it's the legends pool but he's not trying to like get out there and be one of the young guys you know what i mean like he's yep. he knows what he's what he's doing and I, I think it's been great since he's been back in AEW. yeah he's he's an attraction he's a mm-hmm. he's a marquee he's a marquee act so yeah bring him out when when you need him when you need the big guns you bring mm-hmm. him out and he does his work and then he you know takes a step back for a little bit. Yeah, and I'm glad they stopped giving him the mic so much because when he first started getting there and they were giving him the mic all the time, I was like, this is not the spot for you. (laughs) Like, maybe maybe take a step back. So now he's just kind of like a, you know, more of an enforcer and just an energy shifter, if you will. All right, Sheen, you got to try the new Popeye's mac and cheese tonight. Mm -hmm. How was it? It was good. It's like a bake style mac and cheese. Uh, really thick, really heavy. It's like the type of mac and cheese we've discussed it on the show before where it can be a meal all in and of itself. Like it's just like a single item meal. Um, it was good. The particular batch that I had needed a little bit more salt. But other than that, um, it was a win. Super creamy. Had the little you know baked cheese crust along the top. So uh, yeah, I give, I give it a, I give it a high, high praise. Yeah, it's pretty, only a couple bites, but it was uh, it was pretty decent. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's that's it for the Royal Rumble. Let's get into some action figure talk. All right, the figure four is brought to you by Ringside Collectibles. Again, use code. Chick Foley to save 10% on all your purchases at ringside. The Cyber Monday sale is going down right now. So there is a ton of figures to be had for the cheap and Black Friday 2.0 kicks off tomorrow. So again, perfect time to get caught up on any figures that you may have uh, missed out on. Let's start with the huge news. Chella Toys is bringing back the bone crunching action figures. So they've already got the first two series uh, planned. If you have any of their retro style figures that they've dropped recently, uh, here's here's uh, Nick Aldis right here. You know, they have been killing it with these. Um, cannot wait to see what they do with this bone crunching line. Uh, Mark, are you hyped up for this? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I was I was actually when they made that announcement, they actually they actually tagged the uh, Chick Foley account and pretty much all their announcements. So I actually seen it right when it hit. And uh, there's a, obviously there's a lot of questions following it, like who's going to be in it. Um, you know, a lot of people want the, uh, want Anvil, uh, to pop up, but I guess, you know, oh, yeah. they responded back saying, you know, that's probably not going to happen. Um, he's kind of out of, out of the, out of that line for the, for the time being anyway, but who knows it could happen in the future. But yeah, it seems like there's a lot of excitement around it. And, um, it's, it's so weird. You have like, you have Chella doing the bone, it's called bone crushing action. And then right. you have the major, yeah. major bros doing the, uh, the bendums. It's like. It's like 1996 like all the, over again. It's like, yeah, it's like the 90s again. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. 
Yeah, we just need somebody to bring back the LJNs full-fledged, like a straight-up lineup. Oh, man. Chella may do that next. They seem to be very ambitious, so I'm hyped Maybe for we it. can do chick um, Foley show uh, LJNs, you know? Yeah. There you go. Uh, what would your pose be? I get, I'd go oh. with the Greg Valentine pose, man. The fist back and the arm out. I always felt like that one was the most... Uh, <laughs> that was also the ultimate warrior figure pose. I felt like that was the most uh, the most playable. You know, you could do clothes yeah. arms, you could do body slams, all kinds of stuff you could do with that pose. Um. Yeah, very cool. Cannot wait to see what they do with that. I'm playing as soon as I wrap up uh, going back and collecting all the WCW galoobs. I plan on turning to Bone Crunchers next, so it'll be a lot of fun if uh, it kind of lines up with when Chella starts rolling theirs out. Um, the other big news this week: it was a little unclear what was going to happen with these. Elite ninety two is releasing yeah, as cool. planned, so we're still getting the yeah. crispy fried fiend and Adam Cole in the That's great camo. Uh, Sheena, what's yeah. your thought on uh, Elite ninety two? I'm I'm stoked, man. I was really bummed about missing out on that crispy fried fiend. It was just gonna be such a unique toyetic figure. And uh the fact that we're still getting it is uh is epic. And you know, we've we've needed the Adam Cole to complete the Undisputed Era camo uh collection. So yeah, both of these both of these are a win. Um I'm excited to add them to the collection. You guys are gonna call me crazy. I'm actually think I'm I may be passing on the uh the gray camo Adam Cole, you know, I had already kind of resigned myself. How are you going to say that? You've literally been like bitching about know, that figure for months and months and wow. months. I know I had, so I had basically resigned myself that we weren't going to get it. Like it just wasn't going to happen. And since then I kind of wrapped my mind around and kind of liked having my Adam Cole in the black and yellow. And then the other three, you know, his three uh, backups and undisputed and the gray camo, you know, to kind of set him apart a little bit. So I had him on yeah. display with our figure display last month and it looked pretty cool with him in the black and the other three in the gray camo. Cause they still matched um, even though it wasn't a perfect match. So yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah. see how I feel once, once it's in stock and you know, it's right there at my fingertips, but uh, I'm, I'm still kind of up in the air if I'm going to add it or not. Maybe I'll get yeah. it. I'll just have both. The only yeah. other cool figure I think from that line is uh is the Scarlet for sure. I think the Scarlet is uh I mean, I don't really love the face scan on the Charlotte Scarlet. Um <laughs> but uh the the green gear and the like freaking cat claws and the crown and everything and the little like Jeffrey Campbell style boots, like those are yeah, it's, it's just a lot, a lot awesome. of unique uh a lot of unique tooling. I'm I'm a big fan of that Scarlet figure as well. Yeah, I hope this means we're still gonna get Carry on Cross in the like gladiator style attire since uh He's kind of um, in the same boat as Adam Cole and Fiend. One go ahead, you know go ahead and give it to us, Mattel, so that in a few months when you actually do release it, Seth can be like, you know what? I'm I don't want it. it. I don't yeah, really want it. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> I thought it's not for me. It, but, uh, it's a no for me, dog. I just want uh, my Scarlet all by herself. Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of uh, negative re- uh, reviews so far on the, uh, the Scarlet uh, face scan. Well, I mean, um. nothing's gonna look. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> Scarlet is a freaking, you know, she she's a stunner, dude. Like she's just one yeah. of those people that, you know, I don't know how she looks under all that makeup. I don't think I've ever, I don't know if I've really ever seen her without all of that. I don't but think, uh, don't think she's definitely her, got either. that very made up, like you know, uh, Playboy yeah. Bunny esque. Yeah. Look, the, um, the top comment yeah. on the IG post right now from Ringside says, "Nice Angelina Jolie figure." <laughs> wow. But uh, another another one I seen that people were kind of. Uh, kind of giving shit for it. was it was a crispy fried fiend. A lot of people don't like how it looks. Some people are saying it looked bad. It I think it looks like awesome, man. Figure. I think it looks awesome, dude. I, I mean, I what mean, I don't know what they were expecting. I think that figure looks outstanding. I man. think it, it looks exactly like he looked whenever he yeah. came out. You know, I don't know. I agree. I mean, the but arms yeah. they've got like the Freddy Krueger style, like burned flesh. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the face is all like, you know, that toxic Avenger face. Like it's dude, it's, it's money, dude. Like it looks so need, good. We need that rant. We need Randy to, uh, we need that Randy in that, in that gear. With the, yeah. Uh, the long the sleeves full, and the Yeah. Shorts. The long sleeves and stuff. The, uh, one thing to know about that Charlotte figure, it's not the most spectacular looking Charlotte on its surface, but that figure actually has, uh, it's basically an ultimate edition. It has the same articulation as, uh, as the ultimate edition. So, just something really? to know if you're looking for for custom stuff. Yeah, people were kind of dissecting it and stuff and looking at it. If you look, you can actually see it's got the toe articulation. I was going to say, I can, I can see the toes. And I think it's got the increased uh, torso. It's got the double um, the the double jointed elbow. So, yeah. Uh, really? They're yeah. really trying to keep her on a... Uh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Pretty cool set. Like I said, I'm very glad we're getting Crispy Fried Fiend, and that gives me hope for a couple of the other... Um, couple of the other figures that have are in the works of people that have since been released, which is the, you know, those are starting to pile up a little bit uh, more ringside news. The ringside exclusive undertaker from his run as WCW tag team champion with his brother, Kane, that is uh, officially up for pre-order now. That's the one that's uh, it's got the, you can bring the straps down Kurt Angle style. Uh, Marco, what's your thoughts on this figure, man? You adding this one to your collection? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an undertaker Mark. So no, no pun intended. His name is Mark. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, def- I'm, def- I'm definitely going to get this. Um, I mean, I, I, one of my collections I have running is, is ringside exclusive. So this is a, a definite, uh, pre-order for me along with the, uh, Darby Allen, um, coffin drop edition. Oh yeah. I want that. Uh, I want that soft goods body bag, man. I am probably going to pass on this. I've never been a fan of this era of, uh, Undertaker, but it is pretty cool. We're getting that WCW tag team belt, and that's the first time we've gotten that. Um, before we get into weekly purchases, let's hear from the two bad chads at the Turnbuckle Tavern. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. All right, Marco, what did you add to your collection this week? Um, nothing too crazy, but um, uh, just to add some more news, if you guys want to see what the uh, Super 7 uh, major uh, wrestling figure podcast figures look like, just head over to... Uh, they might be on the Instagram, but on Twitter, they actually got the the final uh, figures in with the packaging and everything. So you oh, actually nice. go see what they. Oh look yeah, like. they're on Instagram too. I just yeah. So I saw the um, boxes earlier. They had posted the boxes, but they uh, they was just like the box that had their name on them. Yeah, yeah so they, they look good, dude. They, yeah, they awesome. look really yeah, good. They, yeah, the back. Did you see the backdrop? You can actually take out the thing, and it turns into like they each have their own individual uh, like cardboard like belt. stage type thing. Yeah, pretty cool. it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, looks good. yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, so assuming, and I'm really excited to get these. Yeah, yeah. That, I like did you guys the do? I like the street gear, like uh, you know, they got yeah. the, like their ring gear, and I like their like the little hats and the uh, the major major bros mics and the little and action, they have action figures. figures. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, uh, did, dope. Did you guys do the uh, the Good Brothers as well, or just the? I pre-ordered yeah. the Good Borders, the Good Brothers, but I'm thinking I might end up passing on those, man. I don't know, I, I might end up canceling yeah. that pre-order. Is uh, the the Mattel did such a great job on the Elite Good Brothers that I think I'm kind of all set on those guys. So I was actually looking at yeah. that this evening, thinking about canceling that pre-order and just taking that money and putting it towards like maybe some WCW Galoobs or something. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I mean, 
it is what it is. I didn't pre-order those, but I was just asking if you did. But I only got, yeah. only got one thing in. Um, still waiting for my last of the AEW packs. Uh, so I got the the uh, nice the ill-fated yeah. Hangman and Omega tag team. Pretty cool. Uh, that would pack. look great autographed, man. Yeah, so I actually, guy, yeah. especially knowing like how much how epic their rivalry ended up being, like yeah, if you get that autograph, that would be tremendous. Yeah, I mean, obviously the you know if you want to be nitpicky, the he's it's Hangman with the uh, the long tights, not the not the trunks. not the short tights or the trunks. Yeah. So yeah, because on the back they have the picture. You of him do with a the uh, you can probably like carefully that. open up and do a fig swap. You know, swap in uh, like series two Hangman. Yeah, you could because you can actually pop off the. The legs and you can actually switch them, but yeah. So Omega's accurate, Hangman isn't, but it's definitely an awesome set. Um, and uh, I think the next in line, which I'm uh, according to Amazon, which I'm getting is the Darby Allen uh, Moxley Mox. two pack. So that should be on its way either next week or the week after. So I'm stoked for that. That's, that set that's was really cool, um, even though it was a repack. The only thing I wish, I think it would have been pretty cheap to throw in if they should have thrown in the accessory how darby had the paper bag with uh with mox's face on it over it you know what i mean oh, yeah, like the mox cool. cardboard mask and stuff that would have been an awesome accessory just to yeah. differentiate a little bit yeah uh we added two things to the collection i'll go first right here i have the head of scott steiner so i picked up some pretty sweet uh elite steiner brother uh customs over the summer off eBay, the Rick Steiner was pretty much perfect. The Scott Steiner, I was never totally in love with. It was pretty good, but I felt like we could do better. So we hit up the Warsman, uh, Warren Warsman on Instagram. He's basically like the the number one guy uh, for custom head sculpts and stuff. And uh, I, I picked this up and I'm going to send it to my buddy Alex Pierce Customs to to do a paint job and, and a little head swap on the uh, the Scott Steiner custom I have. So I got some uh, some picture perfect uh, Steiner Brother Customs. And Sheena, show them the Elite we had to do our collection this week. We got Zodiac over oh, here. Oh boy! Yes. Yep. No. Yes. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we talked to our buddy J Bone John Swallow on coming down the aisle a couple weeks ago. He had this figure <laughs> and he was talking about it, and he said that the two head sculpts were close to were they were identical. And I was like, no, nah, I don't think they're identical. I think they're just close because one of them is supposed to be saying yes, and one of them's supposed to be saying no. But yeah. then I got it and looked at it, and no, they're definitely identical, man. Like, if there's a difference between those two head sculpts, you got to open it yeah. up to see them because in the box, it's pretty. They look freaking wild, identical. Uh, our viewers are watching on YouTube. You can see right mm. now, like, yeah, it's to a T. I don't think there's any difference between the two. Uh, yeah, the two head sculpts. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> kind of weird. But either way, cool figure. Uh, BTFBB has a ton of gimmicks. Marco, what would you want next? Would you rather have? The disciple or the booty man for his next figure? I mean, being a booty man, I think you have to have the. Uh, I think you have, to have the booty man as the next. Yeah. <laughs> as the next to lead. I wonder I mean, if Mattel would. I wonder if Mattel given. would do the assless pants man for the. Uh, for that, I wonder if that you know they're super PG company. That may be too risque I for mean, them, man. You could, I mean, because it's not you know unless you do it backwards, unless you have like the figure you know in the box backwards and you see it. Other I than that, I mean, I think be, you get away with it. But yeah, I, don't know. I want the <laughs> Maybe disciple. That's a variant. I, was, yeah. I thought the disciple was very uh, was very toyetic, you know, with the long blonde hair and the bandana and the big sunglasses and stuff. I always thought that'd make a pretty sweet figure. But yeah, we'll see what they do. When are they it just gonna like- start doing like double sided window boxes? Like, when's that gonna be a thing? You know, where it's like so they have are- that Elite Series one through ten yeah. 
had windows on both sides. And yep. then I want to say, I think the late, I don't think the later edition defining moments did the early defining moments had double-sided. Oh windows yeah. Also. The defining, yeah, right, yes. Yeah. I do yeah, remember the double-sided windows have been done. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, it's not common though. But yeah, I think that could be cool. We're trying to but entice yeah. you to open your figures is I think what the, the message yeah, the, is here, folks. I mean, the, the booty man would definitely have to be like a ringside exclusive. Yeah, uh, for sure. That's, if pretty, that's, that, even, that's even more obscure than the than the Zodiac, dude. Yeah, the, or an SDC or, or a Mattel Creations. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. I mean, booty right, man let's hear from uh, Let's hear from Extra Cooler before we get into how many chicks. Hey, everyone. It's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. for how many chicks this is where we grab one of our 1000 plus wrestling figures out of the vault and sheena gives a live review on air sheena you ready to reveal yep all right for those watching on youtube you can see it right now she's got the under oh she's got a sneak peek she didn't see it though <laughs> she's got the undertaker's casket ready to go and i'll hit the drums and then sheena will reveal the figure for this week Oh, and the crowd basic... goes mild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, basic Austin theory. Hmm? Yeah. Not this is how you guys know I, uh, this is how you guys know that this is a straight, uh, a straight shoot on, uh, what figures we do when we randomly pick one. So yeah, we got Austin theory. It is his first time in the line and it is a chase. So that's pretty cool. This is the chase from, uh, basic one eighteen. but yeah, yeah, Austin theories, uh, first figure, Sheena kind of give us some of your, uh, your takes on this big i mean you know well i mean it's not a bad figure it's just like austin theory's kind of i mean he's not real super exciting as far as figure form i mean the head I always sculpt, called him I mean, create a player number two man he's like yeah the head scan, the generic. yeah the head scan looks um exactly like him i think they did a really good job capturing uh his likeness but yeah he's just got some red red tights on um it says all day on the side of his tights black boots uh red knee pads like you know it's it's a basic figure if I was a kid, um, I probably wouldn't be excited to get an Austin Theory figure, but um, you know, somebody out there maybe. I don't know. Yeah, he's got he's dropping an Elite ninety one too, so that figure is soon to get uh to get bumped, you know, like uh like when Buzz took Woody's place in Toy Story. Um, but that's kind of just the way it goes in the figure game. Uh, yeah. Marco, did you add Austin <laughs> Theory to your collection or were you holding out for the Elite? I did not. I'm holding out for the Elite. Um Yeah, I mean we kind of talk about this. You know, I mean, it, to me, it looks like, like I said, it it looks like somebody that's uh, that's been erased from WWE history. To me, that figure it looks <laughs> very similar to to that guy. Um, so you could pass yeah. for it if you told it. Yeah, take yeah. some of the design off the tights. Yeah, you could pass for it. 
Yeah, I don't I mean, think the, so. I don't think so at all. I mean, I, I think so. That's no. I, mean. I think with that ripped up physique, because Austin Austin uh, theories obviously you know got a great physique, but he's not quite that big. And the guy you're referring to, he was yeah. uh, he was pretty ripped up at his peak. Um, let's get yeah. into it. I mean, it's cool. Uh, he, the coolest thing he ever did was uh, be a disciple for for Seth Rollins. So yeah, you know, definitely. unfortunately that that didn't go anywhere. Um, yeah. That that had a lot of freaking. The potential. Um, so it's just, you know, I'll, I'll always wonder what, what could have happened if uh, AOP had stayed healthy and, you know, Seth had gotten to build his, his disciple army with Buddy yeah. and Austin and everybody. So, you know, RIP to that dream. I will, uh, I'll go first. I'm going to give it a 2.3. It automatically gets downgraded a little bit for being a basic, but um, it is a pretty, pretty cool i mean it's pretty accurate representation and yeah. uh it looks like it, austin theory for sure it's decent enough so yeah 2.3 for me for austin theory uh marco what do you give it uh i'm gonna give it a one point one and a half I'm gonna 1. Give 5. It a, not, not too excited about it. it just looks like a generic generic figure if you didn't know who that i mean most people aren't gonna know who that is but yeah i mean if you're to walk down a toy aisle and see that it's yeah, it looks like that belongs in a like a clearance bin. That figure there. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna meet you guys right in the middle. I'm gonna say or not right in the middle, but I'm gonna say two. Um, it's again. I think he gets points for capturing his likeness, especially in the face scan. Looks good. It's a good face scan for a basic. Um, it is the chase, so it does have a little more color than the, than its uh, black tights counterpart. So it gets a, a little bit of an upgrade for that. And considering it's the only um, Austin theory that we have so far, the only you know. I think I think it's uh, it gets a little bonus bump for that. So two is what so I'm. So you give it a two point oh, Sheen. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I'm so gonna give I'm it an NXT two point oh. Wow. While I'm uh, tallying up the scores, just know you can get that figure. And again, that's the Chase Basic One Eighteen Austin Theory. It's available at ringside right now for nine bucks as part of the uh, the Cyber Monday sale. Yeah, so if you still your... want it after I just like bagged yeah. on it. Yeah, after we all just sorry anybody who ordered that during it. the. Um, <laughs> There's, I'm sure there's some really hardcore Austin Theory fans out there. So, well, I hope they're yeah. not listening to this show because Austin Theory has just become the lowest rated figure in yes. the history of oh, how many man. dicks since we rebaselined it. Austin. Came out to a 1.9 average. The Bray Wyatt pop was a 2.0. So he is. Uh, wow. Yeah, he is. He is beating out the Bray Wyatt pop for being the uh, the lowest rated figure. That's pretty bad <laughs> in the history of how many chicks. He's a basic, so you can cut him some slack, yeah. but. But then again, basic Alicia Fox averaged out to a three point one. So being a basic isn't exactly like a, a death stroke, but you know the modern day basics. She had, they, uh, she had she had a lot more like accoutrement. Uh, you know, yeah, she mean? was basically an elite. Yeah. You know, she had she had yeah. some accessories and she had the mm-hmm. same articulation. So uh, yeah, shout out to Austin Theory, man. Uh, at least you got an elite coming up pretty soon to uh, to wipe away the bad taste from uh, from basic one eighteen. Yeah, uh, Sheen, do we got some listener mail for this week. We sure do. All right, let's hit it. All right. Our buddy Rob Regino says, is there a certain fig you would love to see in the Elite 100 series? Seth is our resident, um, you know, encyclopedic fig master. I'll uh, toss this question to you. I feel like you need to have like something from every era. So I would go Andre the Giant from the 80s. You get a macho man in there from like the early 90s. You need a Brett from mid 90s. Austin. Any specific Brett? Oh, that's only what I'm curious. Is there any spe- like any specific um, Brett that you want to see? So in my the two Elite most 100? wanted right now are WrestleMania Eight and WrestleMania Nine. So either one of those, dealer's choice. I would take one of those. Okay. 
I, I feel uh, Royal Rumble 94 is probably my most wanted attire, but that needs to be an ultimate edition. That, that um, We just yeah. watched that and that attire. Oh my gosh, it's so good. So Yeah, yeah. that's that's too good for the uh, elite line. So WrestleMania 9 or WrestleMania 8, Brett. Again, Andre Amacho, um, Steve Austin from the Attitude Era. You got to have Cena in there from Ruthless Aggression. Just one, because of how big of a superstar he is. And two, um, just... The impact he's had on Mattel's line. I mean, I'd have to go back and tally it up, but I'm almost positive that he's had the most figures by Mattel out of anybody. And then it's got to be Roman from the modern era. And to make it special, I would do chases of all six. I would maybe do... You would do do six six mainline figures and then six chases as well? So I think what I would do, I'd do six six of those figures. And then for the Mm -hmm. chases, I would either... I'd have to see how it looks. I'm thinking two things. You could do like just clear acrylic versions of them, right? Like Elite 100 and have them all acryl, acryl like yeah. clear. Or you yeah. could do like solid gold or maybe something where it looks like they're like granite. You know what I mean? I think something like that, that would be like really special for like Elite 100. You have this set yeah. of like the straight gold figures. I think that would uh, That'd be, would cool. be pretty you cool. You could just make your own slammies. Yeah, make your own slammy. So, uh, yeah, I think something like that would be pretty neat to really celebrate because it's such a milestone hitting. Uh, yeah, it should be like all gold packaging too. I think for the, yeah. I think that would be cool. Like if they did like some really like gold packaging, that'd be dope. I was thinking, I was thinking something you could do pretty cool would be like to. Obviously, you wouldn't be able to do punk, but basically take series one and just up update Re-release. it because yeah. you have MVP, you have you have uh, Rey Mysterio, you have Undertaker, um, Edge. And I think mm-hmm. that Jeff Hardy was like the was that like the hardest to did that ever yeah. come? No, yeah, so like, that only that released was, in very limited amounts at the Mattel yeah, so store like, in El Segundo, and that was yeah. It. So if you you do that, but minus Punk, maybe just swap Punk out with someone else, like a Roman Reigns or something like that. Um, yeah, I think you, I think a re-release of the first just to bring it back me. full circle and mm-hmm. just up, update everybody would be pretty cool. But in that same attire, cool. but with the modern, you know, obviously the new the true effects. And all that stuff. I think that'd be pretty cool if they did that. So but. the same versions of them, just the updated technology. Yeah, that'd minus be cool. Punk, obviously. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be here for that. Um, Michael Matande says, "What's everyone's favorite Christmas song?" I'll kick this one off. Um, <sighs> I have to say, I love. I, there's so many Christmas songs that I love, but the one that I never get um, tired of hearing and always just strikes like a warm, fuzzy chord in my heart is "Christmas Time Is Here." The Charlie Brown. Uh, Christmas song like it just for whatever reason that one just always just hits me right in the the feel spot gets me in the mood for Christmas and uh, I never get annoyed hearing it as someone who's worked in retail the retail space like many 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 holidays you like eventually you get to where you're like oh my god if I hear this freaking Christmas song one more time I'm gonna like you know just flip this fucking table, you know? <laughs> so, um, I, I think like that one though, is very calming, very relaxing. So that's my favorite. Marco, you got a favorite Christmas song? Um, let me see. There's so many. I'll probably go with this, uh, this Christmas. Um, and like that's, that we, talked about, yeah. we talked about this last week. This, it was on a uh, uh, Friday after next. If you haven't, if you haven't seen that, it's, uh, yeah. What are the, what actually, I think like CeeLo, Seal actually did like a remake of it, which is actually pretty good too. But um, yeah, no, that's one of my favorite songs. Seth, um, I'd probably go uh, maybe "Christmas Baby Please Come Home" by Darlene Love. That's a pretty good one. It's been a lot of Christmas movies. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. that that one is a good one. All right, um, 
we got we got lots of Christmas themed uh, listener mail this week. So good job, guys. Kevin Eugene says, "Do you have a go to Christmas movie?" Seth, what's your go to Christmas movie? Die Hard. Duh. Oh God, we we'll, we won't even get into that debate right now. What about oh, you, man. Marco? Oh man, <laughs> I was gonna say Die Hard too. Okay, uh, well, both of you guys uh, are no, wrong. I'm joking. <laughs> um, oh man, let me see. Come on, Marco. You gotta have something. You don't gotta there's think so, that hard well, about every like. There's, you so got, many there's something that you just gotta like look at and be like, "This is the this is the best Christmas movie." I watch it every freaking year. Oh, you know? Scrooged. Then that that's it. All right, without Bill Murray. Yeah, mine is mine is. Well, well, we've talked about Christmas with the Cranks, but outside of that, it's gotta be Home Alone. Like Home Alone is just one of oh, those. Yeah. That, like you you gotta watch every freaking Christmas. Uh, you know, the baby face loves it, and uh, both my kids are really into Home Alone right now. They even like that repug new home alone that's out that's home Ugh, sweet home alone and uh yeah brett's like can i watch home alone three because i guess he's he, he's only seen home alone one and two and so he doesn't really know that there's an actual home alone three with the you know the one little kid i can't remember his name but yeah with the bowl cut yeah, yeah. the bowl cut kid um so yeah he calls the home sweet home alone home alone three and it's just yeah. oh boy it's, hey can it's we take nice. a second to actually dig in on this diehard christmas movie thing real quick no i, can present, I mean i can solve this once and for all okay the movie, you, take, I think we've talked about short. this on the show. It's okay. only an hour long. The movie takes place during... A, it, first off, it's at Christmas. Takes place yep. during a holiday office party. All right? Yep. Christmas music. The, the soundtrack has Winter Wonderland, Let It Snow, Christmas in, Christmas in Harlan, and Ode to Joy on the soundtrack. John McClane's wife's name is Holly in the movie, right? That's Christmassy. There's presents involved. Santa Claus is in it. And it snows at the end. What more do you want? What, I don't know how people say Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. That's the biggest debate every 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 uh, Christmas season. I know. Is, is well, you know, I mean, I guess on that same premise, you really have to ask yourself: Is Home Alone a Christmas movie? Because it's the same kind of um, concept, right? It's really it not is. a Christmas movie. It's no, really it just like it's. It took place on Christmas like weekend. You know, there's yeah. like snow and presents and like Christmas themes. But I will say, when you go back as an adult and watch Home Alone you notice like everything in that set is like made to look like Christmas. Like I've watched Home Alone so many times at this point, like all of their, their carpet is red. Their wallpaper is red and green. All of their bedding is red. So they really went all out making this house just like exude Christmas spirit. I think it was like unintentionally, you know what I mean? It was, or I guess subliminally is what the word I'm looking for. They tried to make it subliminal, but like if you go back and watch a home alone, like notice everything in the McAllister's house is like, like, of the the holiday theme, you know what I mean, like the color scheme and everything. So definitely, you know, yeah, I guess it's I guess it could not be a Christmas movie too. I don't know. I just Die Hard just does not give me Christmas feels at all. I know that's a big uh, sticking point with a lot of people, but <laughs> it's, it's not for me. You know, it's rough. Yeah, um, Johnny JB, do y'all have any family traditions for Christmas? My family and I celebrate Christmas Eve with dinner. And a, a fa- and a family get together. Then we open gifts at midnight. So he's a Christmas Eve gift opener. And then I guess he just like takes it easy and chills on uh, Christmas Day. I don't know. We, we're still kind of developing our, because um, I had a baby last Christmas. So things were <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Two Christmases ago. Yeah. Uh, so think, you know, we're still trying to like come into our own. We don't have any like set traditions. Yeah. Um, before we had kids, we would go to the beach every, well, no, even with Brett. But when we lived in Hawaii, I guess I should say, we, we went to the beach every Christmas. So we would wake up, do Christmas presents, and then we would go uh, celebrate Christmas uh, at the beach. So that was like our, our Christmas tradition for like six straight years. So. Yeah, that was our uh, that's our longest standing Christmas tradition. Um, 
Marco, you got anything that you and the you and the fam do? I was literally going to say the same thing. Where it's still like in the in the early stages of uh of Christmas. Yeah, when your so, kids are little, it's just helter skelter. Yeah. You don't you know you know you try to like make these things really fun and you know like try to set up these activities and stuff. And little kids like they may like it, they may still not. Walk, you know, right. so we're not we're not at the at the stage where we're like okay, every Christmas Eve we're going to make gingerbread houses and you know read uh yeah. you know the night before Christmas and all of that. So you know I hope to be that because in my heart I'm like a hardcore like Nora crank like. I love that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're not there yet. We don't have any, any uh, Christmas traditions back at the, the uh, wrestling talk. We've got Sam Rosenthal actually coming in with a uh, wrestling question. He says, question one, when was the first triple threat match and how can we end the constant booking of it? Why does everybody hate triple threat matches? I know Seth is not a fan of triple threat matches. I don't hate triple threat matches. I don't hate triple threat matches. I just don't like them in like the main event of big show. So the main event of a big show should be straight up one on one. Um, but yeah, it just gives them an out because you can always triple threat gives you an easy way to do some sort of distraction finish. And, you know, you keep people from taking clean losses, right? It keeps people looking strong because. You know, clean losses are what really matter. So when the first one was, I don't know. Our ECW is, uh, I don't know when the actual first triple threat match was, but I know ECW really popularized it in the straights, in the States with the, uh, the triangle matches and stuff. Um, but they used to do them. Um, ECW did a lot that were elimination rules. So it'd be three guys in the match, but when one got pinned, that person would just be out and then the other two would fight. It was WWE that really made the triple threat a thing where it was first fall is uh yeah. is who uh you know that that ends the match so um but yeah, yeah so I'd, was, I'd, I'd, actually, I'd have to fire up the Google machine to fire up with the first, to figure out what the first triple threat match actually was. Yeah, I was actually going to say that so the uh yeah it definitely was ECW that started it. Um I think it was let's see. Mm-mm. I want to say uh they don't have like the names they just say it was ECW. Yeah. Uh, I think it was. Let's see. Yeah, no, forget it. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. But when you look up triple threat, it'll it'll show triple threat like the group in ECW. So be careful of that. It'll just say the first ever triple threat was Shane Douglas, Chris Benoit, and Dave Malenko, which obviously wasn't a match. It was you know the triple threat faction essentially. So, yeah. All right. And last one, Zach says, who do you think is going to win the Royal Rumble, men and women's? Huh. I'll, so I'm gonna, uh, Seth. Who do you think is gonna win the men's rumble? Brock Lesnar. All right, Marco. Who's gonna win the women's rumble? Mm, I'm gonna go Bianca. Two two years in a row. Okay. Back to back. Back to back. Belair. Yep. All right, and that wraps up our listener mail for this week. <laughs> She's already got the t-shirt ready to go. All right, that's it for listener mail. Oh, yeah. Sheena, remind the listeners <laughs> where they can find you. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. Join our Foley fam and join all the fun at ChickFoleyShow.com. Now let's get into some trivia. All right. Seth is the, uh, he's got a streak going. Back already to got back. the record with two straight. Now I'm just playing with the he's house. Already got the, he's already got the record. Yeah. He's a, uh, you know, back to back heel husband. All right. At the February 1996 In Your House, who managed 123 Kid? The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Man, three Pete. Mm. Yeah. That was in the Crybaby match against Razor Ramon. Yeah. Mm. Nice. 123 Kid got a diaper and a bottle that night. Yep, Hell yep, yeah. DM. I want to remind you guys yep. to uh, 
hit up uh, Ringside Collectibles for the Cyber Monday and Black Friday 2.0 sale. Use code Chick Foley to stack an extra 10%. Uh, as promised, we got some special marker requested music for the outro this week. Enjoy War Games, and we'll talk to you guys next weekend. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring. Not even a mouse in my mind. I want you to be free. For all of our friends. Would you listen to me? What I say